Welcome to the Holistic Way podcast. I'm your host, Nikki, aka Dominique, founder of the Holistic Way, holistic life coach, and yoga teacher. I hope you'll join me weekly as we discuss holistic approaches, fresh perspectives, and non negotiable self compassion. Understanding is empowering, and self kindness is the new sexy. It is my mission to introduce to you new ways to work with your mind, body, and emotions rather than against them to create long-term results with more ease and fun. Hey, beautiful listeners. I am so excited today. I have Hazel with me as a special guest. We will talk about all things inner child healing. Inner child healing is something I use a lot with my clients and for my own journey as well. So I'm very excited to have an expert like Hazel on the podcast today. Hazel is an inner child healing coach. She helps you build a lifestyle where you unapologetically you. She teaches you how to generally release your patterns so you can truly believe in yourself and start playing big in your relationships, career and goals. I would like to give you, Hazel, a warm welcome. Hi guys, thank you for having me Dominique. You are so welcome. So I like to start each episode by asking my guests about their journey, about what they do and why they do it. So would you like to tell me and the listeners a little bit about that? Yes, so um, with my work, I basically... I basically help others see their blocks and why they have blocks and reconnect them to the inner child healing. Because I believe that personally, every that everything that we picked up when we were kids growing up or even adulthood really impacts the way we see ourselves, our belief systems, and our habits based on the stories we tell ourselves. But by nurturing the inner child and telling them everything is okay, we stop the habits of self-sabotage. We start to live freely like we used to when we play little games and we feel like the kings or the queens of the world. So it's bringing back that like playful and life essence into your life, knowing that everything's going to work out for you. That's beautiful. And how, what do you remember your first encounter with inner child healing? Do you remember Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so the reason why I actually got into this work was because in my first ever like serious, serious relationship, it was one of the most toxic relationships I've ever dealt with in my life. And it was to the point where I would self-abandon myself, knowing that he had drug and alcohol problems, knowing that he was emotionally abusive. I would cater my life towards his and even the thought of me exiting the relationship scared me so much but I had to remember I was independent before I got into this relationship but the idea of me being independent equated me being alone so the more I did research about the way I was thinking I realized that my inner child was wounded the more I self-abandoned myself, it was like the more I kept looking for others to fill me up, to show me that I am enough. So like 
I, my self-esteem was literally dependent on how other people viewed me. So that brought in people-pleasing codependency. But the idea of the wounded inner child means that, well, in my case, it meant that I was so afraid to just be me that it would make me alone or make me abandoned. And the more I catered into healing my inner child, I realized that all I needed was me. And the only friend I needed was me. And because of that work, it helped me show that I am magnetic. I am confident. And all these stories that I was telling was just stories I built up from the path that I never followed through or like took a look at it and healed. And this is one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about inner child because that wounded inner child shows up in a lot of our everyday life, the way we communicate with others, and even the way we talk, like, talk to each other. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing that very honest and vulnerable story. And I agree. I use a lot of inner child healing as well with my clients, and I feel it has an effect on all areas and every single day of our lives yes yes and you talked a little bit about the inner child already but um can you tell us what your understanding of it is and maybe a few more examples of how it can show up in your life as an adult Yes, definitely. Um, so a lot of people, especially like the day and age, my people might either think that inner child healing is a either a TikTok trend or something like crazy because like everybody's gonna think, oh, I'm not a child. Like, why should I think that there's a child in me? I'm an adult. But in reality, so I studied a lot about this during like my years in school about Freud and Jung. The idea about the inner child does a lot with our uh, the neuroplasticity and the neuropsychology behind our how our brain works. So our mind decides over our well-being, and it has two parts: the conscious and subconscious. The subconscious mind or the unconscious mind has shown us by far the biggest impact on our thoughts, feelings, and behavior. So it's like this part creates the foundations of who we are. And I would like to put this into analogy where. Imagine if you were a child, your mind is like a wet cement clay, okay? And as it's being really moldable, every thought or conscious words that are being brought into our life, if it's not helping us, it becomes rocks. But the more we grow up, that bowl of cement slowly solidifies and those rocks starts to become our behavior, our belief system, our value system. And we tend to work around these type of rocks. And that makes us who we are today. So that's the unconscious part. And growing up, as we become adults, since we are creating every decision based on these unconscious processes, we will either a create a life based on what we experience in childhood, which is our normalcy. And the inner child is part of that subconscious unconscious mind where it stores all of our experiences. And this space holds a younger version of ourselves and those relative experiences, including all the big traumas and small traumas that makes us who we are today. 
And this is how our inner child rules over our thoughts and behavior. That's why in order to have a good and really happy life, we must heal not only our body traumas, but also our unconscious and subconscious wounds. Because taking care of our inner child is, in a way, looking at those rocks, knowing that those rocks aren't true and they shouldn't be there, and taking it out and replacing something that would benefit us in the long run. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that explanation. And it's honestly, the analogy you gave is awesome. And I think I'm going to steal that as well. Because it's very, it's a very clear picture of what might be happening in our minds. I just have a question pop up. Do you think, in your opinion and in your experience, that we all... Um, I mean, obviously, we all have an inner child, but do you um, believe that we all have one that might be wounded as well? Or do you think there might be a few lucky ones that, you know, just <laughs> are healthy? Really, <laughs> that's a really good question. Because I'm not going to lie, um, I had a lot of mentors, especially like like different psychologists in school that I've been working with like back then a few years ago and throughout research I really believe that everybody so there's seven different archetypes of inner child like wounded inner child and I thought everybody fell into a sort of narrative right but then I realized that like the more as I grew into this work not everybody has a wounded inner child and those are the ones that it's really different it's like they come from really emotionally healthy parents that communicates with them that provides them a safe under safe space but really validates all of their like traumas and upbringings and one example would be my boyfriend because when I first met him I was so shocked on how healthy he was Mm -hmm. and how free and like lively he was when I was still just doing the work and like teaching others to do it but like for him it just came naturally and that was just like that was his persona that's just his personality but the more I studied his parents and his family everybody just communicates openly everybody talks about their feelings and validates each other and I think that really does help a lot with the idea of our own upbringing because even that one year of just not having communicative parents can really impact as a whole which is like that was like my experience for example that's very interesting like I yeah like I was wondering because I I feel like even coming from a loving home there and I'm not just pointing at my case but a lot of cases that a lot of parents mm. have to regulate their own emotions so sometimes even being in a loving household if the parents don't have the tools or even it doesn't have to be only parents yes. if they don't yes. have the tools either you know with any bad intentions sometimes we can still end up with a wounded inner child um but it's very interesting to see that you know, you encountered someone that you feel didn't have a wounded inner child. But yeah, knowing that both is possible. And I think for the listeners saying that either way, it's totally fine. And that even if you mm-hmm. do have a wounded inner child, it doesn't necessarily mean anything about anyone else. It but doesn't. that it's just an opportunity for us to heal even more deeply, I think. 
Exactly, exactly. Because the idea of um, the wounded inner child, a lot of people might think it's scary. But the way I like to tell my clients is that just because you have this label or that label, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe this person needs just water to drink before the race, but you need a whole meal. That doesn't matter if you need a whole meal as long as you're given the tools to give yourself the same opportunity with the same person who just needs water. That's incredible. You've got so many good analogies. <laughs> That's incredible. Thank you. That's really cool. So you talked a little bit before about neuroscience yeah. behind inner child healing and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that because I know for a lot of people inner child healing is still like kind of a woo-woo concept definitely Um, and I'm a bit of a nerd so I would like to know (laughs) too but it might also help the listeners to um, get a better grasp on their concept of inner child healing yes okay that's like I love that question because like you said, a lot of people might think it's either a woo-woo thing or a trend that a lot of people are just going through. But I want to really show the world that the inner child theory is purely theoretical. Because as Jung and Freudian mentioned, that is part of our unconscious, a lot of people, when they look at psychology, they might just say, oh, that's just a concept, right? But in the science world, Research has found cells in the amygdala, so the part of the brain which manages our emotional response, can remain. They found that this part of the brain can remain unchanged from early childhood until adult life, unlike other cells in the same region of the brain, which we adapt as we age. So from that itself, I hypothesize that the brain cells described are those left behind from uncomfortable or difficult emotional experiences. So the core of the wounded inner child experience. And it's really interesting to note because when an adult this uh, like shows childlike behavior responses in certain situations, this could be a signal that the inner child is expressing itself and is asking for a way to show love but it doesn't show love in the way where it's emotionally mature because that part of our brain hasn't grown up yet. Really that's, interesting, no? Uh, yeah, that's, I didn't know that. This is like blowing my mind. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is so good to know. And now I feel like diving into that <laughs> and learning everything about the science behind the inner child because, wow. Yeah, because... It's really interesting too because like the people like my old friends like I'm not friends with anymore or even like like my past relationships I always found that some people in my life were like emotionally immature or they just didn't have the emotional intelligence to communicate or bring up certain situations and I once once I found that um, research I remember like noticing oh that makes so much sense because their childhood came this way Therefore, they didn't develop the like emotional intelligence or habits or personality traits to be the person that can communicate maturely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering because I mean, for me, I've been in 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 this kind of work for a while now, and I 
I can sense the energy of my inner child. So I really know and feel when I'm acting from a place of, of wounded inner child. But anyone that's new to this kind of work, um, what could possibly be? I call them symptoms, but you know, what could be points or events that could make them notice, oh, this is my inner child that needs attention or that needs some form of affection? Love, attention, yeah. That's a really good question, actually, because to be honest, I would say that question itself, that awareness is a first step to bridging that connection you have with your inner child and for me I like to see it as a way where every time I have a desire to do something within and it's like hmm I need to call everybody right now or I need to go shopping or I need to do this I will always try to catch myself and ask where is this coming from are you escaping Or are you actually doing this authentically for you that you want to be present in your life? And once I find that I'm escaping to some reason to chasing for love, to looking for validation with like new items, I will always try to find the root reason of what I'm chasing for in my external environment. And whatever I'm chasing for my external environment means that I need to give it to myself right now. So let's say going back to shopping, if I feel like I need to shop right now to feel some sort of way, okay, I'm going to give myself a set of activities, like um, things that brings up my self-worth to show that I'm enough without these external factors. Or if I need to call my boyfriend right now and I feel like, and I kind of want to tell him like, why haven't you been telling me that you love me? Or why haven't you been telling me that I'm pretty? If I feel the need to have some sort of validation from him, I need to give that validation to myself. Because the inner child does this thing where if you're not giving it to yourself, it will try to chase your whole world for that sort of validation back, that temporary like dopamine boost. Yeah. Would you say then that like kind of, things that are patterns you know when you know you mentioned shopping for example or like if there's one thing that you keep repeating but you don't really know why and it's not necessarily making conscious sense to you that it might be um worth looking into your relationship with your inner child because it might be at um the root cause of that behavior of that pattern yeah, I would say so. It also so shows a lot a lot um in business owners. For example, like one of my clients um is really interesting because he has been getting a lot of success in his business, right? And it was a few months ago he closed like a big contract with another company, but he literally did not show up to the meetings right after. He didn't want to um, go forward with any other product consultations with that company. And in a way, I like I had to catch him. I had to ask him, like, why, what are you running away from? Because his action was showing self-sabotage. And then he, when we went into integration, we realized that he was self-sabotaging because in his childhood, every time something did good happen to him, it always end up flopping. So in his adulthood, he was like, in his mind, it's like, okay, I need to make myself safe 
I might as well flop it before they disappoint me. Yeah, that's interesting. It goes so deep. It's crazy, isn't it? And yeah. once we heal it, I the magic that comes from it is incredible. Right. It's in the example you gave with your client. I imagine doing this work made it like so much easier for him and I know that feeling of not knowing why but you kind of want to sabotage something and you don't do it consciously Um, but how hard to get yourself to do that thing um, or to not do that thing you can go both ways but then once you do the work how naturally it then goes yeah how the action is then so much easier to take because it's a no-brainer yeah exactly no it's really interesting too because going off of that people like I see so much self-help like oh stop procrastinating stop procrastinating stop being lazy but a lot of times people don't realize that you're people only procrastinating or people are only lazy because there's an emotional block towards it absolutely and I feel like procrastination for me is such a huge topic because I had it for years and Mm. I did a previous episode where we talked about neurodiversity um, which is something I'm not diagnosed in but a lot of the the symptoms match and a lot of the strategies helped and again that's so interesting yeah, to, to be like, if there's something that's so hard for you to take action on or to not take action on, there is something more going on. Because if you know that it's good for you, if you know that you want to do it and you know it's going to help you get there and you can't do it, then there's usually some something so much deeper going on and it's really worth digging into it, I feel. Mm-hmm. I I agree because a lot of times people don't realize that thing we're feeling an emotionally block on. We might think it's normal, which it is, but there's always a deeper part of ourselves to discover. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I for anyone that would like to or that notices now listening to us, or maybe has encountered encountered their inner child before, how would they start healing that relationship with their inner child and do you have any tools that you give your clients that could be useful as well for the listeners? Yes, definitely. A lot of people in the beginning, a, they think that inner child is like scary but or expensive to work with, but it's not. It's like the little thing that gave us joy growing up. It could either be like driving around your car, going around to your favorite places. It's a thing that fills you up knowing that it's okay to be by yourself or be with yourself in those moments. And the first thing I suggest is I want you to investigate your childhood. Notice the things that made you happy without anyone, the things that gave you joy. So, for example, with me, I used to swim a lot. And I would I remember I would literally sometimes walk from my apartment like a five-year-old I'd walk to from my apartment and go all the way across like two blocks down and just jump into the pool I would get in so much trouble but I loved it <laughs> <That's> so, <funny. laughs> so whenever I'm having a stress day I will try to well back in Toronto I would just try to go swim for a few hours and just just be with myself and then sometimes also could be taking your self out to bakeries listening or creating podcasts or musics 
and just being your creative self. It's just the feminine essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love that. Thank you. I also like to, and I wonder your perspective on it. I mm-hmm. like to invite my inner child to join in on activities that I'm doing, um, whether it's yes. you know, even the things that you know maybe are not as fun per se, um, but to just visualize my inner child being with me and kind of taking them on board. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like what you said is just beautiful because a lot of the times the idea of inner child healing is about you being your dream inner parent, right? You don't want a parent just forcing you to go to the supermarket. A parent that you would dream of would bring you and ask you, what do you want to do at the supermarket? Do you want me to get you a treat? is being kind to yourself and allowing yourself to integrate parts of you wholly during those activities. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I use sometimes that concept of inner parent. Is that Mm -hmm. something you're familiar with? And if so, could you tell us a little bit about that as well? (laughs) Yes, definitely. So the idea of the wounded child comes from the idea that we don't have the ideal parents, the ideal aunts, or uncles, or the ideal sisters around it that makes us feel loved, right? Because as a child, we either think black or white. They love us or they don't love us, right? And we sort of integrate that as we get older. But the idea with the inner parent is us being the ideal mom or the ideal dad within us and being that nurturing essence for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I would like to put into, I would like to put in an analogy where Let's say you are going out into doing some activities that you don't want to do, like doing some errands, right? A part of you, it's good to have some discipline to finish up your errands, but you can make it more enjoyable by being your inner parent and treating your inner child and integrating them and doing something they want out of that whole experience. So, for example, you can do a compromise with yourself. I'm going to do groceries, I'm going to work out, and I'm going to do all my bills. But at the end, I'm going to watch a movie. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. And I feel <laughs> this concept of inner parent, even for someone that has parents, it's very interesting because you can get, yeah. like, no one else knows as well as yourself what you need from a situation. I agree. Um or in the moment, first of all. But second of all, for some of us that, you know, maybe have parents that are not around anymore, whether it's because they're not among us anymore or because you're not in contact with them can be very interesting because it shows you that this need for we have as human beings to be loved by our parents, we can then substitute by giving that love to ourselves. By being as much the inner child uh-huh. than you are the, the inner parent. Exactly. And there's one um, hypnosis I have. I will definitely love to share it with your audience. It really helped a lot where you start to show that you can become your inner parent. Because just like what you said, we all have the desire to be loved by our guardians, by our parents. But not all cases will we have our parents by our sides 
or we won't be like in good terms. But the idea of that inner parent to show that we can create a narrative within ourselves to show that we did have those magnetic parents and we don't have to look for those essence or replay those essence of what we desire in our parents from our external relationships thank you for sharing that that's amazing and i'd like to ask you to give the listeners a bit of a even deeper understanding of the inner child is there any encounter any experience you had with your inner child that is something that you you know that stays with you until today that is either was very um a powerful encounter or a really fun encounter maybe something that deeply impacted your life to this day that you would like to share with us today definitely I would say so after my breakup with like that long first long relationship I had was I would say it was like seven years ago and when I I literally brought myself to a beach and I forced myself to swim not forced but like I had to I knew I had to integrate this practice after talking to a few of my psychologists and I remember at that moment it was so uncomfortable like the thoughts that were coming inside of my head when I was in the bus was everybody's gonna think I'm a fool we're going alone at the beach everybody thinks I'm crazy everyone's gonna look at me but then I realized that these narratives I created was so ingrained that ingrained in how other people see that I didn't know how to perceive myself without others mm-hmm. right but the moment I stepped into the beach I remember that everything in my head like the whole story they kept they kept me safe for so many things but they weren't true mm-hmm. I created these narratives and it was all from the idea of the wounded inner child and I had to realize and integrate like like body experiences to show that I am okay that I am lovable that it's okay for me to go out in the world and do my own things that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing and I'd like to share one of my own experiences and I lost my dad when I was very young it's something that obviously brings a lot of grief and sadness but when it happens so young sometimes it's difficult to know how to grieve and in the way in one way I mean I think it has many different layers but in one way how it showed up in my life is that I had a complete blockage of creating anything. So staring at the blank page. And I remember being a kid that was very creative. My mom always made crafts with me and I was always painting and sewing and whatever. Um, But yeah, with time, I was completely blocked. And I remember I was at an NLP training and... I thought I'm going to choose a topic, you know, that's not too deep for the sake of practicing with my um, fellow NLP students. And I brought that topic of that feeling I get when I'm sitting in front of the blank page and I feel so empty. And it eventually came down to this emptiness I felt from having lost a parent, even though I didn't grow up without a father figure I always had a father figure in my life as well but still it leaves 
something empty in you. And yeah. I, in that moment, was able to reconcile and like build that loving relationship with my inner child. And I remember to this day, um, I do a lot of visualization and I did in that moment as well with the help of someone guiding me from that NLP training where I was in a field wearing a dress. I remember the haircut I had. And in that moment, I just gave my inner child what she needed and also integrated that the fact that my dad had passed away but also imagine my inner child having that encounter with him and you wouldn't believe the blockage was gone and I am able to it's been a few years now but like I'm able to create again the juices are flowing again like I think it unlocked something and I feel it unlocked it to the level it was as a child and it's a memory (laughs) you know I call it a memory because for me it's something that happened even though it didn't physically happen but in my mind so valid it does Mm -hmm. right it's for for your own experience it is a real experience exactly and it's something I I I hold on to very dearly and is um for me always a proof and a great example of like where your inner child can be at play especially the wounded inner child um, but also what it can have as an effect if you are willing to look into it and heal that part of you Oh my gosh, Sonic, that was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. That's it was good and I feel like sometimes giving the yeah. listeners and the people an idea of what it means can be very, very important. Exactly. It's different for everybody, but like with your experience alone, you literally showed baby Dominique that it's okay to be you. It's okay. Everything's safe and that you're gonna guide her. Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to share with the audience before we part our ways, before I ask you about where clients can find you? Anything that you'd like to share on the topic of the inner child that you think um, is important that maybe I haven't asked? Um... No, I think everything is good. I was going to um, let everybody know if they want to start their inner child healing journey. I do have a free hypnosis where they can meet their inner child for the first time and really see them for who they are without the societal expectations, the stories, the, the narratives, or the limiting beliefs, and just see them for that childlike essence again. That's a beautiful, I like that childlike essence. I believe it's something that makes everything so much easier, even the tasks that we don't enjoy doing that much. If you can bring that energy to it, I'm yes, I truly believe that you can have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. Awesome. I agree. And if any of the listeners, Hazel, would like to connect to you, where can they find you? Yes. Um, they could find me on IG, Instagram, 
and that is Project Antiporta, so P-R-O-J-E-C-T, Antiporta, A-N-T-I-P-O-R-T-A. Awesome. I'm going to link that in the show notes, so you can just click on the link to find her instantly. Thank you so much for that beautiful episode. It was so interesting. It was so lovely. It was also lovely to connect to you. And thank you. I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you, Dominique. Bye. Bye now. Thank you, beautiful soul, for being here with me this week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and to follow me on Instagram at uniquely.nikki. See you next time.